Welcome to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with a host of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed former Sith elderly trickster, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed Twilight mom, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Star Waver superfan, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to Get Animated, the premier anime podcast where we're talking about Star Wars Visions. Season one features a ton of anime. Season two features one anime, one anime-influenced uh, short, and the rest is basically Wallace and Gromit. A bunch of fucking claymation, little, little, little pigs. Oh, little, they're British, are dogs. they? Right, oh, let's they're take, fucking... Let's take it easy. They're uh, <laughs> let's all calm down. eating cottage pie, are they? Oh, oh, shepherd's pie. Oh, God save the... Shut up. Uh, I really, I'll just, I'll, I'll just say, and and you know, we're gonna talk about this in a second. But I really like this series. I really like this anthology. I think that my my general thought is, I like this for the same reason I was talking about this with Natalie. I like Andor, which mm-hmm. is that I feel like the the prequel trilogy and in particular the sequel trilogy, most egregiously Rise of Skywalker, made the Star Wars universe feel smaller. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's just yes. like this is yeah. just this is just a family drama about like these nine yeah. people basically. Whereas yep. this and like Andor and to some degree, you know, like the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, really expand the universe and make it feel yep. like so much shit is going on and so many stories are being told uh, that don't involve the you know the core the, the series core characters. I'm glad you're saying this because I did also want to come in and it basically say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I. For the longest time before we got before Disney Plus was just a twinkle in Bob Iger's eye mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. you know whomever. Um, before we had Dave Filoni and John Favreau shepherding the the Star Wars uh, franchise as a whole. Um, my biggest wish before the Disney Star Wars movies were even a thing. My biggest wish was we would just get Star Wars stories. That were just like, like, a, like basically what this is, like an anthology, like just set in the world of Star Wars. Cause like, like you're saying, it's a fucking galaxy. Right. Yeah. There could, there's shit happening all the time, everywhere. Everyone has a story, every, and all of it could be interesting. You know, there's obviously connective tissue. There's like, um, there's things in it that could relate to each other, that could connect to each other. Cause like, you know, why wouldn't there be? But, I this this is my favorite type of Star Wars stuff that is just like it just is. It's just there. It's it's not part of like yeah, that this family. It's so yeah. reductive to what it could be. And There's, the the Marvel it, movies suffer from this too, right? Where it's like hmm. the like they're all just like one thing, but like the Guardians movies feel like their own thing and that's why I sort of like those the best because it's like yeah, they're part of it, but they're also kind of not. Yeah. I loved the second Captain America one with Robert Redford that felt like a political thriller until oh, like yeah, the, the last 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Like that was great. It rips, and yeah. I, I feel like there is a divorce actively taking place in the Star Wars universe where you have fucking like, for, for and and this is spoken with love, that I, like as we've said on the show, originally the the genesis of how did this get played and thus get animated was a Star Wars show. So we have a lot that we have a lot to talk about. It's true. Um, so I, I, it. I say this with love. There's kiddie bullshit. And then there's a group of people who are trying to take Star Wars seriously. There's like fucking Vespas 
on one side. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's like, okay, guys, if if Star Wars is real, what would it mean? And and how would you see it like spreading through all of these different cultures? And like if you can get away from like, oh, it's that ship from the background of that fucking kid show is showing up in the rise of Skywalker. And instead you're just like, what is like a a struggle against darkness within yourself? And how does that manifest both in plot and also in, in like fights? Sure. And that's what star Wars vision gives us. That's what Andor gives us. That's what, you know, four, five, six and the last Jedi give us. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the rest is the other thing. Yeah. Maybe I'd, I'd put the comics in there sometimes. Sometimes. There's a, a really fucking great, like, stories of Vader comic that I think about a lot where it's, like, things that may have happened to Darth Vader. And one of them is, like, a silent, you're, like, on a planet following this indigenous population who are fighting this, like, kaiju-sized worm or something. It's been a while since I read it. And then... Vader shows up and he wants something else and kills this thing. And so this small village begins to worship him because they're like, oh my God, you saved us from the worm. And he's like, get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, yeah, no, I've read some of those. And I remember there's one where um, Darth Vader, um, like, he like force chokes himself while he's jacking off. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> and here's why. Because I just talked emphatically about something I love and feelings I had. So I knew that the follow-up was going to be like, yeah, did you see the part where like Luke Skywalker cut off his own dick and put it in his mouth? Because that's the pattern on the shows. Do you think when he nuts, it's like the blue lightning? Uh, I really like the... yeah. Vader's dick got burnt off canonically. That's true. For that's sure true. it did. And that's why you think that's why he's so mad? I mean, part of it. I'd, well, I'd be mad. And also, I got to say, before we keep going, I only did it because we missed Heather. And it's we haven't true. had we a chance to do that on the show in a while. We haven't recorded a Get Animate in some time. It feels like a month because we we stacked up the blue locks uh, in advance of, of Heather's nuptials. And then, yes. yeah, now we're, we're finally back in the the Get Animated studio, although we've recorded some Get Played in the interim. That's right. It would have felt weird to be like, keep the schedule that we had and then mm-hmm. talk with Heather like about Blue Lock, except the last like four episodes of it. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, what? Do, it would have felt weird to be like, we don't get Heather's thoughts on that. So I'm glad we got, right. we got to yeah. bank those. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, look, look, look I, I was, I was going to talk more about Star Wars Visions, but we should, we should talk about a, a little bit more generally about, uh, you know, because it's been a, uh, it's been a minute. Uh, what we've been weaving. Hey, it's me, Ash Ketchum, and I want to know what you've been weaving. Nick, it's your turn. I choose you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm going to begin with something that I think we've all seen, and we don't need to get into uh, spoiler country, yeehaw, about this. But I figured we could all we could all discuss uh, Makoto Shinkai's latest film, which has been in theaters. I don't know if it's on BOD yet. Uh, Suzume, which we all saw. Boy. Fuck. Great Honestly, picture. Heck a of a con- picture. A contender for somewhere in the top three for me of the year. I had a fucking blast watching yeah. it. Yep. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's it's a really cool um, 
It's a really cool movie. It's it's you know it's really like the characters speak with an honesty to each other and a humanity that just makes it feel like you know more. Although it's this fantastical sort of thing, it feels more you know like real and human than a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of dramas, more grounded dramas. Uh, but I think my my big thing, and this was something that that David Sims and I talked about, which is just like there's a thing that happens within the first twenty minutes of this movie that is so wild, and then it is just that movie, yeah. and you're like, oh, they're really committing to this. To the point where it's like, I don't want to tell anyone what's happening, what's coming for them. Because I think you just got to experience this and then realize, like, that's where the movie stays for some time. I do feel like we should have a podcast dedicated to Suzume when it becomes more wild, wild, wildly, widely available to everybody. Yeah, I agree. I saw it with um, two fellow writers who are on strike and my wife, Mary, who's also a writer on strike. Uh, and... At the end, we stood outside the theater and we were all just sort of talking. And you know a movie's good when you you hang out outside mm-hmm. the theater like talking about it afterwards yeah, as sure. opposed to just like, hey, I'm going to head out, see you later. Uh, and it felt really poignant to be seeing that movie during a writer's strike because it felt like getting to watch a movie where executives didn't get to fucking like punish the film into a shape. Yeah. Like it it was like, oh my God, this is what creative freedom looks like. It's somebody who does this aforementioned crazy thing in the first 20 minutes and nobody's like, well, yeah, but you need, you need some, there needs to be a little bit of myth making behind that. You need to like, you need to really set up these things for the audience or they're going to get confused like, yeah. none of that shit happened. What is the arc here? You Maybe know, not for the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I, I think that's a, I think that, that's that's really well argued, Heather. And I think also the it, it that that to me also works in just like the structure of it. Like yeah. there's these like, you know, more uh, uh, like like uh, it's it's true of like a lot of anime features. It's it's true of your name. Uh, the the Shinkai's a, a masterpiece of just like there's like long stretches where it's just sort of like. Oh, we're just like living in this for a little bit, or you know, here's where the here's where the uh, uh, the 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 specific beat on the um, you know template that just kind of exists for uh, American movie making. Here's where this beat should lie based off of its runtime, um, but it doesn't really abide by that. It's just sort yeah. of like has its own pace and its own and, structure. And it reframes for me a lot of what the struggle in the strike is, which isn't just financial, but it is that. We are being told constantly what to do by people who also are trying to take money away from us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those people are not necessarily, there are some executives I've worked with who are, you know, few and far between incredibly creative and interesting thinkers. But by and large, it's notes that drive the soul out of a thing. And then they're also trying to be like, and. While you're doing that, I don't want to pay you. Because. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, Do this for free. And the truth is, I think that that's why they think AI can do the job. Because they don't understand the job. Yeah, they don't have ideas of their own. Like It's impossible to think that somebody could have an idea because they don't have any. You're never going to arrive at your name or Suzume if you're doing like a fucking spreadsheet. It's never going to happen. And the world is better because of Suzume and because of your name. 
and because of Star Wars visions, although I'm sure that there was a lot of like needling in this process, though who knows? Sure. Yeah. I have a question. What is it's a it's a real question, believe it or not. Okay. 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 Is your name anything like this in terms of how wild it is? Your uh, name kinda. Go on. You answer, Heather. No. The answer is okay. no. It is high concept. Okay. It is in my top five movies of all time, period. Okay. I because I, I do I do intend to watch that and I frankly should have uh by this point. Um, your your name is a sledgehammer, man. Yeah. It is it you it, it is watching um um you're like uh oh oh I'm this is just somebody who knows how to wield this. Right. And I'm 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 being crushed by it. Uh I w- my my answer is is kind it kind of just in terms of uh you know a, it's gorgeous. B, it, like Heather said, it is high concept and kind of you know deals with identity and and the uh, you know what is the uh, the the soul connection, the soul's connection, the mind's connection to the body. Um, but also, it, it I, I and I think this is a thing Suzume does does too. Both of these works, I think, cap use texting and social media so effectively in a way that it doesn't feel forced, it doesn't feel like artificial, it doesn't feel phony, and. Uh, like, like, I, I think both of these just do a great job of just capturing how people communicate with these devices. Yeah. But using it for the narrative, uh, and again, making it feel like it's like this is a real thing that's happening to these characters, as opposed to, well, we're setting it in the present, so we got to make sure we have a scene where they're FaceTiming, you know? Right. I, I'll say, just like my experience at the theater, I have, I've only seen one other anime film in theaters, and it was the final Evangelion rebuild. And that's different to me in a way because it's um, something that I was already pretty familiar with, right? This, obviously, not a franchise, not a um, like a known IP. It's just like an idea from a guy, an established anime uh, you know, guy. I left this theater feeling so good like not just about that it had seemed like a good movie but I felt good about like humanity. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah. like everything's like shitty and kind of bad, but like some things are great and some things can be beautiful." And I I I just like I was just blown away by it. Like I truly it truly just knocked my socks off and like I had not seen a movie like that uh maybe ever uh but certainly certainly not a movie like this. Uh but it's been a long time since I'd seen something that made me go, "Huh. Maybe it's not so bad." It's cool that you can that that yeah. you know these that a lot a lot of anime is, is re- receiving more wider or wider releases in the U.S. and you know that you can watch the subtitled version if you want. I was able to see that in the theater. Uh, I have one one more thing to say about this movie, which is just and again I'll talk very generally, but there's a moment at where a character says something very harsh to another character, and they follow up on it later, but they don't like. It's not like a like. I was wrong. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like put in a way of just like, I did feel those things, but I've also felt other things. It's like, it's like talking about like, like that was a real thing that I said to you, but, mm-hmm. and, and it just felt so honest and so human. And it just like, fuck, that's, uh, that's, that's just great writing. Um, uh, I, I, I will talk about one other thing. No one non Suzume thing, which I've, which I've spent some time doing, which is Matt and I, you and I are, 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 are big Simpsons, uh, Simpsons heads. Don't uh, what, we spent a lot of time in Springfield. Yeah, guy talks the talk. Uh, I uh, hmm. 
I started rewatching The Simpsons season one, episode one in Japanese. I'm just watching the Japanese dub. That just fucking to sort of rules. Yeah, it's honestly like like because I I was I was reading some I was watching some like YouTubers, some language YouTubers talking about just like you know, hey, immerse yourself in content, and you may be frustrated if it's content you're not familiar with because you're trying to parse the story while you're trying to understand the words. And they were basically like, just rewatch anime that you've already seen. Um, if you know, one way to go, if you're in Japanese specifically, is is rewatch anime you've already seen before, uh, and uh, and watch it without the subtitles. Here, I was like, there's nothing I've seen more of than The Simpsons, and you, uh, Disney Plus they have a Japanese language track, so yeah, I just started from this from the beginning. It's great because like I recognize. Like you can really pull out character names, so that helps you, you know, kind of parse what's going on a little bit. Um, and uh, it's it's also funny, like how like Homer's voice kind of sounds like Homer's, but Marge's voice is nothing like Julie Klausner. It's like a completely different take on the character. Wow. It's more it's more like a it's more like a Luann Van Houten, honestly. It's like <clears throat> a totally different. <clears throat> vibe but um but it, it's it's fun to watch and it's fun these episodes that i've all seen like 20 times a piece to, to re-watch them in japanese and understand some of it it's it's very gratifying that's i never would have thought to uh do something like that that's really interesting i might mm-hmm. have to give that a try yeah i was i i read i watched this person who like learned spanish through unfortunately the book that she, she was talking about was harry potter but she was like i love this mm-hmm. book so much that i just read it in spanish and just yeah. you know so they do it's like you know it's so it seems, seems like it's a it's an approach that people use I know it works the other way. I know so many people that have come to the States and be like, I learned English watching Seinfeld or something. Yeah, right. Uh, but then they're mm-hmm. always just entering doors like Kramer. <laughs> half was true, half was not. So it's like kind of like if I, I'm allowed. Also, if there's one character on that show, maybe you shouldn't enter any room as. <laughs> Everyone I know that has done that, they're like, George is very upset. It's a good one. <laughs> Classic. I love it. Uh, Heather, what have you been weaving? Well, this is our first show since I went to Japan. And I did not go to any arcades. I did not go to any anime stores. I concentrated all, all of my weaving into one event, which I had to be convinced to do by my wife. And that was to visit the life-size Gundam. Wow. wow. I got sort of cold feet when I was there, and I was like, we don't have to do this. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be. It's going to feel like Disney. It's going to suck, and it's so far away. It's like a 45-minute train ride at least. And Mary was like, you cannot like the show as much as you do and not see this thing. We are going. And she she found tickets online. For that night, which was our last night in Tokyo, and we went out to Yokohama, had the best ramen I've ever had in my life at a Yokohama wow. ramen, ramen shop, and then went to see the Gundam. And it's about five and a half stories tall, which is, you know, the right size. Mm-hmm. So when you round, you, there's a corner that you round after you get out of the train station where you can see it off in the distance in like an, an, an industrial area towering over all of the buildings near it. And you're like, oh, my brain wasn't ready for this. Because <laughs> right. like you don't really know how big it is. And all the photos I've seen of it, you're also like, 
yeah, it's a Gundam. It looks like a toy. You don't, you can't comprehend how enormous it is. Yes. You get to the place and when it moves, you realize that you've never seen anything that size moving in your life. Nothing, nothing that big has ever moved in front of you. Yeah, what's the biggest animal? What's the Not, biggest? Nothing on land. Anything that's, that's five elephant, stories giraffe. tall, right? Yeah. So, so. But those are smaller than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, much smaller. So Mary doesn't care about Gundam. She s- looked at me seeing it, and she was like, it looked like I was having a religious experience. And then after <laughs> the fucking thing finishes moving, she deadpan says, this is the eighth wonder of the world. Wow. It is incomprehensible. It is fucking crazy to see. And we took a million photos of it. Like, we took more photos of the fucking Gundam because we were both in a state of shock and and glory. Uh, And none of them, none of them work. Like, you cannot tell how big, like, nothing makes sense at that scale. Um... And then I bought a uh, a um, Witch from Mercury model kit from the gift shop, some Gundam cookies, a couple of stickers, and a button. And I, I we we got into our fucking taxi. We took a taxi on the way home because it was so late. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just like, fuck, I can't believe this. It's crazy. I also can't believe it's temporary. And one other thing I want to say is on the way out, You after you've just seen this incomprehensible thing that is unlike anything else you've ever seen because nobody's ever seen anything that's six-story stall fucking move its arms around, uh, is you're on your way out and there is a plaque uh, at the entrance that um, reads as such. Thank you for coming to see the Gundam. However... Allow me to apologize. I would like to apologize to you from the very bottom of my heart. You who came all the way out here to see a life-size mobile suit Gundam only to think to yourself, what? It doesn't walk? How boring. Honestly, we wanted to make a Gundam this size walk, but the extent of the movements you see here today is all we old men were able to accomplish. Again, I am truly sorry. It is an it is a body-sized plaque that is just apologies about how it's impossible to make a Gundam after you've just been like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> I can't imagine the mindset where A, they, they were like, I got to make this apology, and B, somebody who feels that when seeing this thing go down on one knee and then stand back up again and point to the fucking sky. Uh, do, you, do you remember, do you all remember that... That sounds amazing, and I'd, I would love to see that in person. If it's, it's also still, it's very loud, that's fucking cool. It's awesome. Uh, the, it's reminding me, me of, and I, I found a Guardian article as you were talking about this. Um, I'll read the headline. This is from 2009. Michael Jackson planned 50 foot robot for Las Vegas residency. According to reports, the late singer wanted a giant Jackson robot to roam the Nevada desert as an advertisement for a 2005 comeback that never was. Imagine that alternate reality if the if if he hadn't died and the Vegas residency actually happened and there was a fucking 
Gundam-sized Michael Jackson mech moonwalking through the desert outside, like, the sand. Hee-hee. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like kind of the coolest thing that never happened, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would love to see it. I any Any sort of, you know, I know that there's, like, a big conversation about robots and, and and stuff going on right now and here's the thing you show me a robot a big robot i'm gonna think it's cool i i'm just gonna think it's cool and good like i yeah. the fact that heather got to see this gundam and it fucking even moved a little bit and there's a plaque outside of it that's like hey sorry this shit sucks like <laughs> that's incredible it's I'm, i felt when you were reading that heather I was getting like choked up on behalf of these guys that built this thing. I was like, no, they yeah, did a amazing. good job. Like the the after you see the robot, you 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 can you can go into this. It's called the Gundam factory, and you get to see how they made it. And there are like cross sections of motors, and it was like this motor didn't exist. This metal and plastic alloy didn't exist. Because we needed to make it not like we couldn't make it so heavy that it would collapse under its own weight. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, it's six stories tall of cars, but it weighs as much as like 30 times that many cars. Wow. It's fucking crazy. You can't go inside of it? You cannot go inside of it, but you can go up to the top of it. If you buy a special ticket, you can stand at head level and also at pilot level. And watch it do it move move around, and it's just like fuck. I don't. I mean, there were no kids. It was only adults, and all the adults were just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, did they build a cockpit? There, there is a cockpit that opens. Okay. And there's a pilot inside, though. It's you know, it's a not a real person who just their job is to just sit in there. I want that yeah. job. That would be cool. But yeah, it starts with like the cockpit opening and you see the pilot inside being like, I'm ready to launch. And then it closes. It's fucking crazy. Uh, can, I, can I ask a, another follow-up question? Um, don't, don't. It's a real question, Heather. Okay. This is a real question. Uh, right. Can you tell us about that Yokohama ramen shop? Yes, I can. Um, I don't know the name of it offhand, but... We get we we got to Yokohama early because I was like, you know, it, it might be hard to find the Gundam. Like, we don't know what's around there. We should get there early and explore a little bit. So we get to Yokohama about two hours before our tickets to go see the Gundam. Uh, and Mary's like, can you find us a ramen shop? And I go through a bunch of reviews. And one of the things that I learned uh, when trying to find restaurants is you don't search in English. You search in Japanese because. Mm, sure. Yeah, there you'll get a ton of different listings and and stars if you're searching for a ramen restaurant in Japanese. So we found this one that was like really highly ranked. It opened uh, about a half hour later. So we walk over to this ramen shop. It's us and one other person in the shop as soon as it opens. It was a salt ramen. So like I'm only familiar with like miso ramen or poke or pork ramen or like vegan right. ramen. I've never had a salt ramen. Uh, and it was so fucking amazing. We had ramen three times, four times while we were there. Uh, we had Ipudo. We had uh, the place in Kyoto where you have to wait like three fucking hours to have a bowl of ramen. And it's like 
the best ramen in the world. Uh, we had a uh, a real like divey ten person line like beef ramen place, and then we had this place in Yokohama, and the Yokohama place just towered over these places. Wow, it was so fucking good. Mary still talks about the ramen. She's like, it was incredible. Wow. Yeah. And we what also is- had, what? Go ahead. No, no, please finish your thought. We also at a different time had dinner next to a geisha in a six a six person restaurant. That's cool as hell. It's fucking crazy. What were you gonna say, Nick? Oh, I was just gonna ask if the salt ramen was salty. Because it, the name, I would assume, maybe it's got like a high salt content. I have no idea. My hands were so swollen the entire time I was there. From <laughs> just fucking eating 7-Eleven when I woke up and walking all day long. Yeah. Matt, what have you been weaving? I mean, truthfully, I haven't weaved much extra. Seeing Suzume in the theater was sort of like the last anime I've watched besides this. Yeah. I've not I've not really had a had a second to uh watch extra. I know that um I I think I've read a couple of more issues of Chainsaw Man since then too and obviously have been enjoying that. But that's that's kind of it. It's been light been light weebin. I've been waiting for the gang to get back together to dip my toes into some to some good stuff. Well, we're here, baby. Here's what I would say for anyone who hasn't watched Star Wars Visions. Hope you like kyber crystals, because it's the plot of, like, half of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, I'd broadly, I'd say, you could take down one of the seasons in, like, under two and a half hours. Like it's, they're not yeah, yeah. They're, all the episodes are twenty minutes or short. They're yeah. they're the running time on Wikipedia is between thirteen and twenty two minutes. Most of them air towards the the higher end there, but they're all about twenty minutes or or a little bit under. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 reasonably bite sized. I I it's very hard for me not to take this opportunity to talk about Star Wars at large. Please do. Well, I sent a video to the chat. And I want I want to play that video if you can if you can put the audio and maybe even the video into uh, the episode. It's a TikTok that is based off of a YouTube um, about Star Wars because I get about half Japanese language content on my TikTok and half Star Wars content. Once in a while, I'll get somebody talking about Zizek and like concepts of identity, but uh, yeah. Let's uh let's just listen to this cuz this is this is where I was emotionally before Star Wars Visions before Mandalorian like watching Rise of Skywalker this is my feeling going into Star Wars fandom Let's take a look at all the shitty retcons in this movie. Number one, Snoke dies, setting Kylo Ren up to be the true villain of this franchise. Gotcha! Palpatine's back, he's the real bad guy. Anakin Skywalker's entire redemption arc was based around killing Monster Mash, and he f***ing failed at it. What an idiot. Number two, you thought Snoke was nobody. Gotcha! He's a f***ing clone. Deal with it. 
We got a million Snokes for some reason. I don't know why they need more than one, but they got them. Number three, Ray's parents are nobodies, filthy junk traders. Wrong! Gotcha! Her parents were... <laughs> she, she's got a magic grandpa. Everybody with Star Wars powers has a magic grandpa. Remember the magic cave where she went looking for the source of her powers and found only herself? You, Palpatine, was right off screen, you idiot. You should have seen him. Number four, Kylo Ren is done pretending to be Darth Vader. He's his own man now. Gotcha! The helmet is back! Motherfucker's gonna get a space monkey to fix the helmet. Vader 2.0 right here. I don't want to kill the past anymore. I want my mask back. Give me back my mask. Number five, well, Kylo's mask, that's not important. We still have the scene where Luke Skywalker's lightsaber breaks in half. That represents the theme of destroying the past. Gotcha! The lightsaber's fine. It is somebody fixed it. Maybe the slug. Who cares? Don't kill the past. <laughs> We're done with that theme. This movie's about killing your grandpa. That's what's important now. It's a maddening movie. It really, it really fucking is one of the most bummer watches I've had in a theater. I, uh, but honestly, the, like, it's so ridiculous. And I've heard some people say that they kind of admire it just for how like like how how like brazen it is it just like completely under undoing everything that happened in the previous it's like it's like an exquisite corpse sort of scenario but just like everyone who gets it like wants to undo everything that happened beforehand but hold on yeah because i've heard this argument made a lot when it comes to uh the the thing that last jedi did and the thing that Rise of Skywalker did. And how they're, they're not equivalent. They're both the same. They're doing the same thing. They're, they're yeah. undoing no, they're what equivalent. came before it. And the truth is, you if you set up a movie where Han Solo dies and Luke Skywalker doesn't show up after you've established that that dude fucking goes anywhere when his friends are in danger and like throws away his Jedi training in order to show up for them, then you have to, if you're if you're setting that up as a mystery box, there are very few ways to answer that question that make canonical emotional sense other than Luke Skywalker can't feel the force anymore. Okay, then why why does he why can't he feel the force? Uh, cuz he's devastated at what happened to his pupil. Okay, those things make sense. Yeah. Like you I I feel like the the anchor towards last Jedi is that it didn't go the way people wanted it to go, and that was also metatextual as part of the film itself. But there are not, you can't write answers to all of those questions without them being devastating answers because The Force Awakens undoes so much of the original trilogy. And, and also, I mean, this is like a little bit different, but I feel like there are a lot of clips online of like people, like especially on TikTok or something, they'll be like, it's like a split screen. Somebody's like pointing at the thing above them and they're like, see, see, and it'll be um, Mark Hamill like saying, expressing that he initially um, disagreed with Ryan Johnson's vision and portrayal of of luke in the script uh and then but they forget to uh, obviously you know every every corner of the internet has uh has laser focus uh on their point of view and not the broader sense of it there's clips also of mark hamill being like i regret saying that i hadn't seen the entire movie before i said that that was like in the rehearsal process and like in the 
uh, in the making of the movie because, you know, we're talking about things and I did disagree with him. Um, but now that I've seen the movie and I understand what the what the story of the movie is and like what Ryan was trying to do with it and make it unexpected and make it interesting. Obviously, I think the movie is good and I think that it's a good story. But people, they focus on the thing where he's like, well, Luke Skywalker said it's bad. Well, they're trying to argue for they're they're working backwards from I think it's bad, so I'm looking for supporting evidence. Exactly, it's fine if you fine if you dislike this movie. I also just kind of don't give a shit what Mark Hamill thinks. Like it's interesting, but also yes. like I can like the movie even if he didn't like the movie that he's in. In the same way that you think Harrison Ford gives a shit about any fucking Star Fuck Wars movie no. he's ever done, any movie he doesn't care about. <laughs> and there's that. evidence to that. Like he straight yeah. up doesn't give a shit. He's, he's said like, he yeah, likes he's like money. I don't care. I think it's <laughs> exactly. Uh, but also. But you can also put an example like Ryan O'Neill, like in you know uh, the 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 Kubrick film, uh, Barry Lyndon. Like that's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, and he was just like he didn't understand it. He didn't know why he was doing it. He kind of like hated the movie. Uh, but like doesn't that doesn't change the outcome of what it what it actually is. Alec Guinness yes, hated fucking Star Wars. Like yeah, <laughs> he hated it. A- anyway, like like I I think what uh, I I think what I'd what I'd say is that like I I think going back to the the TikTok we originally watched. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker is like egregious. It's it's so fucking bad. It sucks. It's such a bummer. It it undermines everything that was interesting about the previous film, but also the other like also even Force Awakens. Like they established like Rey is like kind of like you know, like the 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 idea of somebody being a, a a nobody but still having the force was something that was at least seated in Force Awakens even though it was it was kept ambiguous. It's also it it undoes 8 Eight movies of yes of story <laughs> of right. story it it like the first point of that fucking TikTok is that Anakin's arc is undone with the first three words of fu- of the fucking crawl of Rise of Skywalker. The dead speak like it undoes. The dead speak is good. Everything, everything. It's so heartbreaking. And I, to tie this into all of the work that Lucasfilm has done post Rise of Skywalker to bring me back to loving Star Wars again, because as Nick knows, I didn't give a shit about Star Wars when I was a kid. I, like, I was like, all right, Star Wars exists. And then I saw The Last Jedi and I was like, okay, wait a minute. It can. Okay, it can track. Like it makes sense. It like things that happen are because of other things happening as opposed to just it being the coolest possible thing that could happen, which is what happens right. a lot in Rise of Skywalker. It's like, well, that's the cool thing that could happen, you know? Instead of like that's the story-based choice that has to happen. And so then I watched Andor. They fly now? Yeah, they fly one. I I watched Rogue One. Uh and Andor, and I was like, okay, 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 okay. And Star Wars Visions, I think, also threads this needle because there's a bunch of shit in here that if you were to give it to the wrong bad faith actors, they'd be like, that's not how a lightsaber can be drawn. You can't unsheathe a a lightsaber from a scabbard because it would burn through the scabbard. Like, it's like, no. In this fucking story, that's how it works, man. And it's and that doesn't matter if the story you're telling is great. I fuck, I love Star Wars so much. Love v- it. Visions also reminds me of of just like old school EU back before they had the Star Wars Legends and they were really concerned about control of canon. 
um and you know it's just sort of like you could yeah you could do fucking whatever in some young adult novel or some comic book or some video game and uh, like i like the looseness that that it plays with the rule set like you were saying i like that it kind of you know uh, some of these kind of have their their own self-contained, like they're kind of like in an alternate timeline or something like this. Others are set in a timeline that's like, or in a period of uh, that's that's relatively unexplored uh, in the Star Wars canon. Um, and uh, and I think a thing that that ties in with the with what Rise of Skywalker undid, but is one of the more interesting things about Star Wars in general, is just like the idea of force sensitive people being a uh, being or force sensitive beings possibly coming from anywhere. And that's so many of these, so yeah. many of these are just like someone who's un- an unexpected person, um, uh, you know, it, it, from an unexpected place uh, has some sort of force sensitivity uh, that ends up, you know, uh, affecting everything. I, um, I do yeah. like the ones that are like pseudo canonical, like the studio trigger one, which is called the twins, which is fucking crazy. They're like, lightsaber battles on the outside of star destroyers yeah just speaking just speaking in 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 deep space yeah but great. but uh that one takes place after the battle of exegol it theoretically mm-hmm. like it's like a it's like some of them are just like what if jedi were samurai like what if what if what if it was just like an ancient japanese village but it happened to have force powers and, and star wars on lightsabers like, yeah. But then there are other ones that are just like, what if the Battle of Exegol happened, but then the the remnants of the Sith Eternal and the Jedi f- fought each other on the outside of a Star Destroyer like kill a kill? So, so the uh, the 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 two we we talk about both of them, but the the twins and um, the other studio trigger one is the Elder, which is maybe my favorite of season one. I think it's really cool, yeah. but the those are both like yeah and and you know uh, the kill a kill the trigger also did a uh, cyberpunk edge runners most recently like they're re- first off they're really stylish they're gorgeous um but yeah they both you're right saying the one the first one takes place at the, after the battle of exegol and the other one just kind of takes place i think ambiguously before phantom menace at some point yeah like it's just it's it's like a a pre prequel sort of timeline and it really just sort of you know, deals with these these uh, uh, these Jedi patrolling the, the this Jedi Master and and a Padawan uh, exploring the Outer Rim and coming across. You know, they're just tracking. I, I don't know. Like, I, I I love the idea of just like I I I think I find it dramatically really interesting. Like tracking someone and they're tracking the Sith and end up having a showdown with them. But then the whole thing, like thematically, is just about impermanence, which is just like kind of like a you know heady sort of zen concept to, to, to focus a piece of Star Wars media on. I love that old man's, he he dual wields red lightsabers, but they're short. And I was like, fuck, yeah. that's, that's fucking rad. Yeah, it's cool. There are a couple general like lightsaber design choices in all of these that are just fucking sick as shit. <laughs> and one of them is short lightsabers. Yeah, but two of them. Two of them. Two, two little. He little could have one guys. regular one. Yeah, yeah. He's got two little shorties. Uh, yeah. I like the elder. Um, I it's the first episode in season one, but the um the duel the uh, the Ronin the Ronin one is that what it's called the duel? Yeah, I think the yeah. title is called yeah. okay. the duel, but there is oh, it a is Ronin. called the duel. Yeah, this yeah. this 
I love, I just love that as an idea. Like, and that's sort of the appealing thing about this series to me is that like, it's not like, obviously that's like in an alternate sort of time where it's like, obviously it's not Luke Skywalker or anything like that or anything that we know. Yeah. I would love it if there was just fucking samurai Jedi running around. That rules. Like, that's a great, it's a good idea. That. So I watched these, I watched the duel in English and then in Japanese because I was like, wait a minute, this is an anime? Mm-hmm. Like, I got I to gotta watch this in Japanese with subtitles. Unfortunately, there's only uh, closed captioning subtitles for these yes. uh, shorts, which is a real missed opportunity because why wouldn't you just put in subtitles so you could watch it without it like parentheses lightsaber ignites? Yeah. Um, but... The audio of uh, the duel when uh, the lady, the lady Sith goes, "It's been a long time since I killed a Jedi," is like for a while was like a viral sound on its own on TikTok, mm. and I was like, "Man, they really made a dent with this fucking show. They did it." I wonder if I got to check out this TikTok. TikTok's got a lot of interesting stuff on I fucking there. Fucking love TikTok, yeah. man. I uh, unapologetically, non-ironically love TikTok. I have never posted any. It's the, like the one social media where I have never posted anything because I'm just like mm. exhausted by the idea of editing. I'll never post. <laughs> I refuse to ever post a TikTok. I'll never do it. <laughs> Way too much shit for me to do. I love scrolling. Um, I want to I want to shout out a, an episode from the second season, which isn't an anime, but we're here discussing it on our Star Wars Visions episode of Get Animated, and that's the one that I recommended to you guys, the Spy Dancer. Yes. yes. Um. The Spy Dancer is it like it ta- it's basically like what if you took the 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 Nazi. Um, occupation concept of the stormtroopers, and you also were like, "Well, what did the not? Where were like some fucking places that the Nazis occupied? France, they occupied France. What if you did like a a fucking Moulin Rouge or like a like a theater that hadn't like a cabaret where the Nazis are in the fucking audience, but you still have to perform? Like, I was like, what? There are in." The infinity stories to tell in the Star Wars universe, just using the like good guy bad guy thing, um, but also this one, I truly didn't see it coming. Like I was just like, oh, oh, I'm emotionally affected by this, mm-hmm. and there are very few scenes in any Star Wars media where I was emotionally affected by what I was watching, and or I think has almost exclusive ownership of me having like emotions during star Wars that aren't just like, I like this. This is cool. I'm having a good time. I think the, so, so just to talk around it, uh, because I think that uh, probably some people listening to this haven't seen all these episodes and we do want to direct them to, to some to check out. I do think that's a great one to check out. I do think the, the moment you're talking about is like basically she is, uh, one one of the dan- like the dancers is called the spy dancers you might infer from the title the dancers are uh you know employed by the rebellion uh and are kind of you know using their their station to be able to do some surveillance of uh you know uh, stormtroopers and high ranking uh imperial officers there's a moment where she encounters one of those imperial officers 
and you don't really know exactly why she's having the reaction she does until later. And it's uh, I think the reveal is really earned and and well paid off and and, and it's got a great little ending to that episode. Um, another one I really like from that season, if we're talking about season two, uh, you know, there's kind of two that are that are similar, not completely similar uh, aesthetically, uh, but they both kind of have the approach of um, the uh, uh, the ones I'm talking about are and I, I suspected for a second they were the the same studio but they're not uh they're just like aesthetically kind of in the same ballpark Aou's song which is the final episode of the second series and then also um in the stars and both of these have a have a like they're computer animated uh all the vehicles and like all the environmental motion is animated in ones but the character animation is in twos or maybe even fours. It's like really jittery. Hmm. And so like they're kind of an- they're kind of animating like every other frame and, and it really makes the care. It's a weird paradoxical thing where it makes the characters feel more alive because you can really kind of see the articulation. Um, and uh, they both are kind of like you know, dealing with force sensitivity in children. So they're they're pretty similar. Um, but I don't know. I found both of those like really, really compelling and really dazzling to look at. I wanted to shout out another one from season two. I want to shout out all of season one, almost all of it. Like yeah. it was fucking great. I, you know, I'm watching a fucking Star Wars anime and it fucking rules. Uh, I also really liked uh, the um, Korean uh, episode by Studio Mir called Journey to the Dark Head. Mm, uh, yes. And it was visually gorgeous and it, looks and sort of like is paced like an anime despite i don't know i, I guess it is an anime what yeah. is anime who the fuck knows what anime is is it great mean, question does it mean something that's made in japan or is does the look and pace of a production dictate that it is under the umbrella of anime who knows um but i loved this episode in part because i like the design of the villain. Yes. Who was like a Sith dude with like a mask made out of a blanket. And I was like, that's fucking terrifying. It looks like it, like if you saw that in the context of Silent Hill, you'd be like, oh no, do not look under the blanket. The blanket uh, is hiding okay. something bad. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. blanket head away from me. Yeah. I'm scared thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Now I'm kind of horny for blanket head. Oh, what? night, night. Oh yeah. no, no, no. Um, I think that yeah, that one's that one's awesome. That one's great. I think also the you know, and and it got nagged earlier, but I like the Aardman animation one. I like I am your mother. I thought it was cute. I think the idea of just having like one that's about an embarrassing mom is like a funny just sort of thing to set in Star Wars. Um, I like the way they've characterized Wedge in that one. And it's cool that they have they like, hey, let's here's some here make a stop motion fucking Star Wars short. Yeah. That's great. Looks great. The ship, the fucking, uh, the ship they keep calling like a, a porta potty looks cool. I, I truthfully, I didn't watch that one. I skipped around to some for season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched all of season one. Um, I watched, yeah, the spy dancer. I watched the journey to the dark head of season two. Uh, and I watched the first two. I loved the animation for Sith, the first episode of season, um, of season two. Uh, that one's cool. It lives so much in just like white. Yes. Like so much of just like that. There's just like so much white space. And it's a it's like a re- reformed Sith who's become who's kind of become a painter. 
yes. as part of their, you know. And that's such an interesting idea, like, because obviously, like, you mm-hmm. see, I mean, it's the story that's told in uh, almost all Star Wars movies, except the original trilogy, where it's one Jedi becoming Darth Vader. Usually in the Star Wars movies, the bad guy becomes good. Uh, yeah. Like, at the, at the end, he's sort of like, oh, he's just good now, and it's we're fine with it. It's like, okay, he's good now. He's good now? He's good now. Um, <laughs> but this guy, this one is like, there's a Sith master who's like, hey, you made a fucking promise. You're going to be a Sith whether you like it or not. And this lady's like, I just want to paint. Like, it's, it's great. It's a really, really good one. It's also set um, during, um, they're really pushing this High Republic. Yeah, it's the new thing that they're going to be exploring. There's going to be High Republic movies, High Republic shows. Uh, there's exploring it right now in books and in this in Star Wars visions. And let me just tell you, I'm ready for the High, High Republic, baby. I'm ready. It's it's ready to me that's also- more interesting than continuing a story yeah. that's already been. I'm just kind of done with the Skywalker of it all. Uh, but Ooh, did somebody say High Republic? Um, yeah, buddy. Nick, you're hired. That's good. And I, I'm I'm okay, the one great. making these decisions apparently. Too. I love it. Yeah, uh, I got. I'll bend Filoni's ear uh, and say I got this guy for you. He's got a, a couple of interesting characters. Um, <laughs> my, one of my favorite ones from season one, Lop and Ocho. I mm. that's the eighth episode of the season, and there's um there's like a rabbit like character. Oh, yeah. I love that one. That one just like I just like the look of it a lot. And uh, a lot Gorgeous of them are film grain. Yes, really, really great film grain. Grain. Uh, a lot of the stories in this series are. I'm good, but my friend is bad. Sort of, and this is like I think one of the better ones. Like I, I, I just I really like it. I like the character. Uh, I love the. Um, I, I I love Lop, the just the design of. You just don't see. I mean, I've never seen a rabbit character in. Uh, in Star Wars, but it's just nice that they were like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just be a rabbit. Who cares? Owl and Owl Song and the, the, those characters, uh-huh. whatever they're there, I don't know what's what what species they are, but they're kind of of rabbit like too. It's great, they're kind of fuzzy mm-hmm. wuzzy. The the uh, going back to season one, um, I mean, I do want to shout out uh, uh, Toby, uh, which is just because it seems so clearly Astro Boy inspired. Yes, and my reference for Astro Boy. It's basically like there's a little droid, and then a, a Doctor Light looking guy um, builds or has built this 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 droid who's kind of characterized as a little boy, and it just ta- kind of talks about him like you know carrying on his uh, quote unquote father's research on his behalf um, and his dreams of, as a droid of becoming a Jedi. Uh, but it's like my point of reference for Astro Boy is the Astro Boy Game Boy Advance game, which I played the shit out of a, and had like a bunch of lore about the character who I know is like a, an icon of of anime, at least like old school anime. Uh, but it, it, I just like that it was so clearly derived from that and cl- so clearly seemed like an homage and a tribute to it. Um, and it, and it's charming, and and I kind of like the ones where they they had a cutesy animation style. Me too. Like it's like a lot of them look cool, but there's some of them are cute, and that's fine. I really like for it to be cute. I like Toby. I like. I mentioned it in my um, self-proclaimed. There's an episode about a band. Yep. That's Star Wars. Anything can be Star it's Wars great. if you just let it be. Can be Star it's, Wars. it's it's like who cares? Yeah, I, I don't have. It doesn't have to have all this like. I mean, it has to have some things to make it Star Wars. There's like a visual language to it all, and you know, and it's like, it, but 
I just love, I love it. By the way, while I was watching this, I was like, what? It's really lucky that one thing from the 1970s ended up being its own visual language because it still looks like 70s future design decisions. Like the way that the tables are like triangles with the points cut off Mm -hmm. and everything is a little too thick. Like, Like, you know, the chairs are a little thick. The tables are a little thick and seeing that all imported into the ones that are like trying, like obviously the, the episodes that are like ancient, you know, feudal states don't have that design language, but in the ones that are like supposed to be like contemporary star Wars, I'm like, man, it's like getting to watch a, a lost 1970s animated piece, like the last unicorn or some shit, Mm -hmm. except it's, really really well animated well the 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 the, one of the virtues of star wars is because it's just set in a uh you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away because it's not set in our reality it's not like a a sci-fi extrapolation of where the future is headed they don't have to like fix things as technology gets ahead like it it could just be like oh yeah all these displays just look like that that's just what the u the ux looks like on these because that's just how it were it is in this other reality um so yeah all that stuff just still still be still having the same vector graphics uh and you know like like kind of crude holograms like it, it it is such a look and uh i i love that they that it's just been fully committed to uh akakiri which is the final episode of of season one um is just like a I, you know what? It's kind of of a piece with Sith, which is mm-hmm. the start of of Volume Two, um, and uh, it, it just in the terms of like it's again dealing with a Sith dyad, and but like the way this one resolves, it's just like oh man, I they would definitely would not do this in a Disney Star Wars no. or, or in like a like a mainline Disney Star Wars. And yeah. it's interesting that Pretty like bleak. I I would I would hope that they use the feedback that they're getting on these episodes because they're both seasons are very well received they uh people really like this show um there's a I, what i'm getting at is there's a there's a, a novel based on the duel about the ronin uh story mm-hmm. just make a movie like just like it, I, I, <laughs> it doesn't just make the movie i want to see the movie i want to see him collecting fucking red kyber crystals and killing sith that rules. That's such a good story. I love that. Like, just make the movie about, you don't have to make the band one, but like make a movie about any of these or a limited series set in one of these stories. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd like to spend more time with some of these because a lot of the characters are, you know, you're spending, you know, 18, 20 minutes with them. Some of the characters are great and they, they, they're like some of the best Star Wars stuff we've got in a while. A thousand years of fucking Jedi Republic or whatever. It's a long fucking time for other people to get lightsabers and be like, oh, I think I figured this shit out. Yes. Like, I I can do this. Like, you can retcon the rule of two and have Sith running around like crazy. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's 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 the thing. It would be great if they just kind of gave some creators the leeway to do that with a feature budget. But you know, if they if it gets to that phase, they're gonna be like, and uh, can Boba Fett show up in this one? Yeah. When do they meet Boba Fett? Yeah, and and can can we can, can is there a way we could kind of fit in? You know, 
Uh, can Kylo Ren just kind of show up? Yeah. And just, you know, like they're really going to want some of these established characters around. Who's about. dead in real life that we can put back in the movie? <laughs> uh, also, I just got a shout out. Uh, I can't remember wh- which episode it was. It's going to, oh, it was The Elder. I think it was The Elder. Yes, it was The Elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, this man opened up his mouth, said one thing, and I was like, my boy James Hong is in this thing. Let's fucking go. I I just I, he's great. He's great in everything. He's the old, he's the old Jedi with the two. Oh, he's the English voice of the elder. Yeah, yeah I, I watched wow. it. I watched this one in Japanese. It's great. That's cool. I just knew immediately. I was like, my man, a star. That's great. That's great. Yeah, the voice cast is really good. It, you know, if you if you're watching English language, there's a lot of really great uh great actors. Yeah. Um and and voiceover artists that are that are represented throughout. Just good. Just a a, a banger. And I thought I think you know uh. Worthy of discussing on this show. Obviously, season one is all anime. Season two is varied, but I think it. I think it still counts. I, I would say, I like to anyone who's just like listening to this and is just, and has not seen it. I know probably a lot of people who have listened to it have seen it, and it, it or listening to this have seen it. And if so, we want your thoughts. If you want to shout out any particular episodes, uh, make sure and, and comment them, and we will talk about some of those next week. You know, in fact, I would love to, like if you just want to like shout out a favorite episode, particularly one that we haven't talked about. Uh, just just you know, let us know, and we'll talk about it next week in chain reactions. But. I honestly think the best way to go with this is just start with Volume 1, Episode 1, The Duel, and watch that one, because I think that's really well representative of where the series goes at, at, in general, um, and uh, you know, it's I, I'm, I think it's set there. I think it's intentionally placed there, because it's a great on-ramp for the anthology, um, and then you know you could just bounce around and watch whatever's interesting, or watch them all. Like It's not that much of a commitment, but if I was going to shout out one in particular from Season 2, I do kind of feel like... Um, uh yeah, uh, uh, eh. maybe maybe Sith is the one to go with, but honestly, I think I might I might go out, go all the way down to Au's song, uh, the final episode, just because that's such a different visual aesthetic um, from the anime uh, approach of of more traditionally anime approach of season one. A lot of um, I just like for season two, I just googled like best episodes of season two because I didn't want to miss any. Uh, yeah. A lot of lists that I saw had that one as the best one of season two. That one's great, and I think Sith is also really yeah. great. But there, there's a lot of good ones. They're, they're all fun. I watched all of season two. I liked all Star of Star Wars rules. Star Wars is pretty fucking great. Star Wars is good. It's good now. And <laughs> it's good now. It's good now. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll wrap up our discussion of Star Wars visions there. Unless anyone else had any, anything to add? Nope. I'm the Force. And the force was with me, baby. But you know what else? Uh, we also just wrapped up a great series called Blue Lock, and we have some of your thoughts of this about the series at large. It's time for a final edition of Chain Reactions, Blue Talk. 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 Hey, Blue Talk. I I do want to know if Nick's gonna do the same bit this week. Yeah, Nick. Um, are you gonna be? Are you gonna um do the bit that you did last week? Where um, you just like didn't say anything the whole time we were doing a blue talk, and we kept asking and, you stuff, and you just didn't say a, anything. And you ate a sandwich. No, you were eating. We'll, you ate we'll two see. buckets of fried chicken. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> fried chicken was good as hell. Because we know you. We know it's your favorite. I know people would have like you know you would have heard all the lip smacking noises on the episode. You would have heard that people with misophonia would have complained. So you know I was doing you a service by staying muted. Well. Some of them got through, but I got I cut them out. 
I said that I was going to cut them out because you were just slurping. Uh, well, that's very... I, I, I applaud your produ- production work there. It's, hey, my fingers at the end, when I was done, they were smoking like a, like a, like a, like a pistol. <laughs> All right, I'm going to dig into this wing stop. <laughs> uh, let's get into Don't the first... even <laughs> fucking say it, dude. I want that more than anything now. Fucking I would love to just house yeah. some wings. God, I would love that. All right, let's get into some chain reactions. Blue, blue talk. Blue Next talk. week, it's going to be more like blue milk. Anyway. Should we just lock that in? Let's call it blue milk next Chain week. reactions, blue milk. Blue milk. Blue milk. Blue dog. <laughs> okay, this first one's from Luke Ewert. Ewert? Ewert. Hi, Luke. Uh, Hi, Luke. Love these Hi. last two episodes. I will admit the voice acting for the... The, for the World 5 kind of took me out a little bit, but I loved it nonetheless. <laughs> I hope we get more seasons in the future. Well, we're getting the season two. We know that much. What was wrong with the voice acting for the World 5? <laughs> hey, I want to go to Harajuku. <laughs> <laughs> they should have made the American guy sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Just like, duh. <laughs> Oh, I voted for Biden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fucking yokel. And Trump. You're like, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the last two episodes, Nick, uh, we, I mean, we talked about it at length last week uh, in the meat of the episode. Uh, but mm-hmm. obviously, what a, what, a way to, what a way to end the season. And those last two were, were really fantastic. And I, I hope we get to see more of the World Five, honestly. I think they're, they're a funny group. Fun characters, yeah. <laughs> Such a funny group of characters to introduce at the end. <laughs> Here's these five other guys. <laughs> and they're all I think weird. they're going to stick around. Oh, yeah, they got to. Um, okay, th- speaking of the World Five, this is Sam Dubinsky writing. Hello, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, who would be the world five of podcasting and would their butts be as good as Bachira's? Now that's interesting. So we're talking about like the best podcasters in the world, like representative of all of podcasting. Yeah. And I think you've got, this is the thing you've got to go back. Like if, like if we're going all over the world, like I'm less, I'm less of an expert. I'm much less of an expert. I don't really know what's going on. Non-English speaking podcasting. That's uh, true. But talking about English speaking podcasting. I mean, I think you got to go way back to some of the people who like started that, like made podcasting a thing, like the like Mark Marin and Bill Simmons and uh, the hosts of Serial. Um, I think you got. I think you got to throw in. I think you got to throw in like a Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I, I have you know because like the, that Ricky Gervais Stephen Merchant podcast was such a big uh, trailblazer. We got to put Jimmy Pardo on the board. Pardo's on the Pardo's board. Pardo's got to be on there. Yeah, I guess, I guess you throw in some of those This American Life hosts, you know, the Ira Glasses of the world. Yeah, and unfortunately, when podcasting started, it's just, it's like, I'm just naming people, and we're like, it's going to be a lot of, like, Lily, this, this, it's not a Mount Rushmore necessarily, it's a team, it's going to be yeah. Lily White. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then it is a Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly, it's exactly Mount Rushmore. Um Let's get. I mean, Conan obviously, with you know, has famously invented podcasting. That's true. So you got to have Conan Conan's on there. there. Um, and it doesn't get, I mean, look, I've seen the man in person. It doesn't get wider than that. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't what really, is the... I don't know how to answer this question. I, I, I'm glad you guys are fielding it because I don't know the answer. You got better things to do than listen to podcasts. And I'm sure I'm thinking of comedy podcasts too. Like that's the thing. Yeah. There's other types of podcasts that aren't, 
uh, you know, people getting in a room and and saying uh, goofy things. I looked up the oldest podcast, and I, I'd forgotten about this, but I'd read this fact before, which is basically the first podcast started in August of 2000, and it was an internet radio sh- radio show about the New England Patriots. Was it Mitch? Uh, called PFW and Pop. It might have been Mitch. <laughs> might have been Mike Mitchell, the Spoon Man. But it's wild to think about that. That's like that. The thing that's kind of started off was just like you know what so much of podcasting is, which is like sports fans complaining yeah. about their team. Well, and it's just good that the Patriots fans have somewhere to finally talk about their team. Um, <laughs> but I think just to be kind to us, it's five spots on the World Five. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're looking at three of them right there. Oh, there the three go. of us. Let's get Mitch in there. Okay, great. And then and uh, Carl. Logan. Can we just say Carl? Okay, Carl Tart would be great. <laughs> Look, Carl's in there no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're, ta- it changes if you're talking guests because you've got like you know people like you know PFT and Lapkus who just like come on and Home just absolutely runs, yeah you know Eva Anderson Christine Nangles yeah 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 it's t- I mean hey. I feel like if it's guests, we're still on the board, baby. <laughs> Great question. Thanks, Sam. Uh, this next one is from MK. Hi, MK. Hello, MK. What a great season. I'm so happy I got on board to watch this with everyone, and I can't wait to see these psychos steal some normal soccer team's job next season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad people great enjoyed comment. it. Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's, I know that, like, there's sort of a lot to buy in, right? Like with with this anime, I feel like there's more things to buy into. If you don't like sports, you might be turned off. So you're not going to maybe participate. But I feel like a lot of people put that aside and we're like, this is great. This is really, really good. I know I did. Um, I had a blast with Blue Lock. Let's see. This next one is from Steve Craig Young. Steve Craig Young. Hi, Craig. You went with the middle Hi, Young. Name. Steve. What are we going with? Yeah, which name? Hi, which Steve. name do you use? Let us know. Um, I just want to say that I normally listen to the show religiously, but sometimes I save these anime ones up for after I've seen the show. But I fully intend to listen to every GD one. Hey, you listen how you listen. You're yeah, taking a shower? You stay subbed. Yeah, stay yeah. subbed. Stay dubbed, even. Who, you, whatever you want. And if you are taking a shower, stay scrubbed. Live your yeah. dream. Live your best life. I'm just happy that you intend to... Listen to all of it, and you didn't swear. Thank you for not swearing in the comment. I, I've i listened to some podcasts before, some watch-along podcasts without watching the media, and it's chaos. I don't know why I do that. I I know a lot of people do, though. Like People listen to pods and, and don't and yeah. never watch it, and they're just like, that's their, their way in, is they want to hear someone else's summary and, and thoughts about it. But yeah, I, I always have fun listening to a show and... You know, podcasts like Action Boys and and watching the movie and then listening and then then listening to them talk about it afterwards. I think it's a really fun experience. So yeah, feel free to do that with our show. Yeah. We encourage it. Um this next one's from the Morgster 180. Morgster. What's up? The Morgster. The Morgster. Making copies. Funny. What's up, the Morgster? It's funny. Um Yeah. You gotta give it up. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I think you guys forgot to comment on was how Gurimu Igarashi, the lowest ranked player who would have had to be a monk if he lost, came out in the end seeming like the Joker. I guess we didn't really, I didn't really track this character. 
There's a, what happened with him? Did he get eliminated? I, I it sounds like he went insane. I don't even remember this man. Sorry to this yeah, man. I, I don't remember. remember him. I remember the character. I just don't remember what his exit was. No, no, this guy was on was on Team Z. Oh yes, and he was like the he was like kind of a little guy, littler guy, and yeah, his family had a temple, uh, and he didn't want to have to go back and manage it to be to, you know, to go into the the religious order. Here's the thing, Garimu. But that was going to be his fate. Huge mistake. Just go be a monk, man. Yeah, it seems like a chill life. I'd do it in a second if they'd let me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they never let you. Don't, me? Yeah. <laughs> they never let me. <laughs> Matt Monkadaka? You have to change <laughs> your last name to Monk? You do have that is part of joining a religious order. I did get an offer to become a monk actually pretty recently. They wanted me to have OCD and solve crimes. You can't do that, though, because they'll be crossing the picket lines. Can't be working on the monk reboot. No, they wanted me to be him. That's why if you're him, then you can't. You're crossing the picket line. Randy Newman was right. It is a jungle out there. You never know what's going to happen. This next. What? What? Look, that's part of the song. Randy Newman was right. (laughs) Randy Newman was right. The song for. The monk show is sung by oh, him. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, you were doing something I thought was random, but it actually makes. It actually sense. makes a lot of sense. You just didn't know that I actually really fuck with Monk. I loved Monk. Um, watched it when it aired. Uh, this final one is from Nonsense Synapse. Okay, Nonsense Synapse. Not to put any pressure on you, but you're closing the book on Blue Talk. This will be the final Blue Talk comment, so I just hope you bring it home. This better be good. Yeah, just land, land the plane, buddy. And I can, can I just get ahead of this real quick? If yeah. it's not, it's not my fault. All right, that's It's fair. to be said. Okay. Blue Lock has consistently surprised me with its plot twists. I thought I would never rally from a soggy losing Bachira, but now that they're reunited, I'm devastated that we lost Nagi in the process. And you're telling me that next season there are even more evil-looking soccer boys with colorful hair? Also, I wanted to give a recommendation for the show High Score Girl. It's a fun and funny Fuck. slice of life anime Fuck, that uses real it. characters and gameplay from arcade games like Street Fighter it. 2, Darkstalkers, and Virtua Fighter. I it even features a protagonist it. who opted to buy Sega Saturn over a PlayStation. I love it. I love it. High Score Girl is one of my my real pleasures it takes place in the 90s it's about like the atmosphere of like going to arcades in the 90s i cannot it's fucking great it's animated a little weird but it's it's fucking wonderful and weird yeah i'm looking at the yeah. uh, looking at some stills right now these characters kind of have like kind of a little bit more of a chibi design yeah um, kind of a big head and it's also cg so oh interesting uh, like there it's if you're looking for like, oh, it's an anime's anime, like Demon Slayer, it's not like that. But hearing like deep cuts about the release of Super Street Fighter Two Turbo in a in an anime, I mean, it you couldn't bullseye my uh, my demographic of me any. <laughs> Like it's a direct hit. Yeah, they're like we're making this for one person, Heather Ann Campbell. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, two two seasons on Netflix, so that hey, you know that that seems like an easy watch. Yep, I'll check it out. And that and but great but great call out too. Uh, 
uh, you know, there were a lot of great twists in this show. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, I can't wait to see uh, what's to come in season two. Uh, especially, especially, we're talking a lot about the World Five. I gotta see. I can't wait to see what they're up to. They're gonna be up yeah. to some shit. We know it. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna find that out when the next season of the anime premieres. I think maybe next twenty twenty four. I think they were saying, or I guess you could read ahead with the manga now. Uh, yeah. Thank thanks for all your comments throughout the season of Blue Tag. Blue Tag. Um, Blue Tag. Let us know again. Ha- like, let us know in the comments your Star Wars vision thoughts, particularly your favorite episodes uh, and anything we didn't talk about. Let us know, and we'll read some of those next week on Chain Reactions Blue Milk. And <laughs> we also, I think, can reveal what our next series is going to be, what we're going to start covering with next week's Get Anime. So if you've liked anime for the last 20 years, then you know that in the mid-2000s, there was one show that dominated above all others, and that was The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. We're taking a trip back to the past to watch this quirky sci-fi action series from 2006 about a high school club and uh, the titular character, titular character, titular character, Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, We will be watching, and this is important for the boys and also for those of you watching at home, in broadcast order. We will not be watching as the show has been reorganized since. We will be watching Haruhi Suzumiya in broadcast order starting next week with two episodes. The first two episodes aired in broadcast, which is the way that people were first exposed to Haruhi Suzumiya in the mid-2000s. And I think it's important for us to watch the show. Like, you wouldn't watch... The end of Evangelion before you watched episode one of Evangelion. The same is true here. I will say I met someone on the picket line who did exactly that. Started with the end of Evangelion. So you could do that. Ugh. Jesus Christ. So we'll be watching Haruhi Suzumiya, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya in broadcast order here on Get Animated. Uh, and that we'll be starting with and because of, of how confusing the broadcast order is when you are looking for the episodes on Crunchyroll, we will be starting with The Adventures of Mikuru Asahina, Episode Zero, as the first episode we're covering in our watchdown of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. The second episode we'll be covering next week is The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, Part One. So the first episode is Crunchyroll has it as season one, episode 25. Which is... That's what we'll be watching first. Madness. And then the second one, second is, will be season one, episode one. Correct. And for titling purposes, I am just going to put the name of the anime in episodes one and two, and I will not change that. That is what it is, because that's what it makes sense for the show. But you'll know what we mean in the episode descriptions. Yeah, we're gonna put we'll pay, put on Patreon. We'll we'll put a link to here's the order we're going to be watching in, and at the top of each episode, we'll make it clear which two episodes we're talking about, uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Great. Sorry for the confusion, but that's also part of the fun of the show, the melancholy of Harhi Suzumiya. What a hoot! Can't wait. Uh, and just so, just to throw this out there, I know we've already committed to this series, but uh, when I started searching for Haruhi on um, Crunchyroll, it brought up another series called Harukana Receive, uh, which seems like it's set in the world of uh, women's beach volleyball. Um, 
just another thing that we could i mean if you guys want to watch that instead okay so cool. it's not i thought it was that yeah we're watching the beach volleyball show right i think it's maybe a good idea to not make it more confusing than it is <laughs> uh melancholy of harui suzumiya that's right there we and go can i just say at animated we got <laughs> <laughs> 